I want to talk to you for a few moments. I want to speak to you for a few moments on what you do when you find yourself in a pit. What you do when you find yourself in a pit. And that is something that all of us are confronted with. Some of us, we face ourselves in situations that we find ourselves in a pit. We find ourselves in circumstances that, that are beyond our control. We didn't expect it. And in the Bible, in the book of Genesis 37, we find a story, very familiar story that many of you probably have heard and, and know it. But we talked about Joseph. In Genesis 37, we find this particular uh, story that when you read the story of Joseph, there are some things that cannot be denied because the scripture makes it clear that Joseph was chosen by God. Joseph was anointed by God. Joseph was, had a destiny given by God. Joseph was favored by God. Joseph was favored by his earthly father, God was with Joseph. So you find through the scriptures that there's no doubt that, that, that there was something special in the life of Joseph. And that sounds like a, a winning combination. Judging from this, from this criteria, it will look like Joseph had it made. And when you read this and, and, you, and you look at this particular what was in the life of Joseph, you can say to yourself, man, there, that was a perfect combination in the life of Joseph that, man, that he had it made. He was living the life of the, in other words, of the rich and famous kind of mindset. When you look just by the description of the scriptures or the life of Joseph, that he have come to a place that there is no question, no doubt that this individual, this person had it made in life but when we read the bible we find out that this same joseph who had everything going for him who was anointed by god who was favored by his earthly father and and has so many great advantages one day joseph find himself in a pit come on somebody you know what you you look at it in the surface everything looks perfect Everything looked like he has it going on in his life. And, and just by reading and, 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 and looking at it, that this particular guy who was anointed by God, who was favored by God, who was favored by his earthly father and so on, that suddenly this person who had all the advantages, he had all everything going for him, suddenly one day he find himself in a pit. Am I talking to anybody this morning that, that you look like your life was going perfect and everything's going great and everything looks good just to come to find out that from one moment to the next, you find yourself in a pit. You find yourself in a situation that you did not expect it, that you never saw coming, but now you, there you are and you find yourself and you wonder what happened to the favor, what happened to the anointing, what happened to the blessings, because now you find yourself in an environment that you wonder how you're going to find your way out out of it, because there seems to be no way out, and you find yourself in a pit. See, I, I want to stop here just for a moment and tell you. If somebody told you when you become a Christian that all your problems will be over and that you will never be hurt again, 
that you will never cry again, that you will never suffer again. They lie. You know what? Because we have this idea that if we become a follower of Christ and, and we start following Jesus, that suddenly it seems like all my problems are going to be erased, that all my problems are going to be gone. But my friend, I've come to tell you that that's not the way it works in, the life, in real life, that even we as followers of Christ, we encounter all kinds of problems. We encounter all kinds of setbacks that we must continue to, to be strong. The Bible tells us this, that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Yes, we're going to have afflictions. Yes, we're going to have setbacks. Yes, we're going to have encounters. Yes, we're going to face bankruptcy. Yes, we're going to lose our jobs. Listen, if you got it made right now and life is good for you, well, my friend, might as well enjoy it because sooner or later, guess what? Your number will come. We're all going to face some kind of setback because we live in the real world. I've seen people who had it all together and life is wonderful and life is great. But in an instant, in the moment, life can be changed. Circumstances can be taken away. And, and you know what? You, you're experiencing something wonderful just like Joseph was. He had it going on. But suddenly he finds himself in a pit. Christians get sick. Christians get in debt. Christians get divorced. Christians get their hearts broken. Christians get in places they should not be. And sometimes you fall in. Sometimes you jump in. And sometimes they push you in. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? We all face a pit. They're all pits in our life. And some of it, you, you know, you have nothing to do with it. You know what? Sometimes you, you fall into a pit you never saw coming. Sometimes you jump into the, into the pit, know that you should not be there. But, but, but then there's times when people push you into the pit. Because you know what? Sometimes people don't like your blessings. Sometimes people don't like what, how God is opening doors for you, how God is blessing your life, and, and how God is prospering you. And you know what happens when people don't, don't like that? They'll push you into a pit. Oh, you don't think there's jealous people in the world? You don't think there's people who envy what you got? You don't believe in? Go get you a new car. Go get you a new house. Go get you a promotion, a job. And you start seeing people who, who thought they, they were your friends. Now they start talking about you. They can't wait until you fall into a pit. Oh, I'm preaching, I'm preaching to perfect people in here. But what about those who are watching me online, huh? What, what about you? You know what? You, you're going through all kinds of setbacks. You know what? Sometimes you didn't ask for the pit. Sometimes people threw you in the pit. He said, dreams die. Dreams die in the pit. Ministries die in the pit. Gifts, calling, marriages die in the pit. But regardless of how you got there or why you're there, pit is a pit and you, and, you, and you stay there and you die. If you stay in that pit, how, however it happened you got in that pit, 
however it happened that you fall, jumped in, or they push you in, it, it doesn't matter. But if you stay in that pit, you're going to die there. Because when you, when you die there, guess what? Your dreams will die. Your, your, your ministry will die. Your gifts will die. Your calling will die. Your marriage will die. Die in the pit. You see, Reuben, in this particular chapter of Genesis 37 that I'm talking about, Reuben, one of his brothers, Reuben was responsible for Joseph's pit. It was Reuben that suggested that they throw Joseph in the pit. We don't know how, how we don't know what happened, but whenever, whatever it was, we know this. Reuben was there when Joseph was thrown into the pit, but he was not there when he was lifted out. All we know that we do know that Reuben was part of the, of the process that threw Reuben, that threw Joseph into the pit. Reuben was part of the conspiracy that, hey, let's say, let's not kill him, but let's throw him in the pit. He was there when he went in, but he was not there when he came out. Oh, come on, somebody. You know I'm going somewhere with this. The point is, Reuben was surprised. Reuben was shocked because he saw him go into the pit. He saw him struggling and begging, begging to be delivered from the pit. But now he's looking into the same pit, expecting to see pitiful Joseph, full of fear and confusion, stressing and crying and begging to be delivered. But Joseph wasn't there. Oh, come on, somebody. He threw him in. He said, surely he's in that pit. When he came back later, guess what? Joseph was gone. You see, some of you are going through something and I know it it is obvious because I can tell it in by your face I can tell it by, by the things you say you know what because you need to understand that if you go in through the pit my friend you need to learn to overcome it you need to learn to come out of it you know what you might be going through hell and earth but I'm telling you you need to come out and I heard somebody say it before I went, I've been to hell and back but back is important. See, you are in a pit. There are some people that even help you put you in that pit. And they're watching you struggling and pushing and stretching and crawling, trying to climb your way out. But I can tell you, you're coming out of that pit. You know what? People want to see you fall into a pit because they like to see you struggle. They like to see that you ain't going nowhere, that you won't be successful. Because you know what? Because when God starts blessing you, guess what? People start getting intimidated. People start getting jealous of your favor of God in your life. People get jealous of the anointing in your life. My friend, that's, we, we end up in the pit sometimes. But we need to learn that even though I'm in a pit, I'm going to come out of this pit. I'm going to come out of this situation i don't know how i don't know when but oh i know that i'm coming out of what i'm in right now in the name of jesus i'm coming out Whew. see but i can tell you you're going to come out of that pit 
you know what, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm prophesying it right now, that you're going to come out of that pit. Whatever you're facing right now, you're going to come out of it. I'm declaring to you with prophetic unction and authority that you are coming out of that pit. We got to believe this, church. We got to believe that even in the middle of what we're going through right now as a nation or, or as churches or families or workplace, we got to believe that we're going to come out of this pit. We can't stay in this pit. We'll, we'll die in this pit. You know what? I'd rather die climbing out. I'd rather die trying out than stay and give up and stay in this pit. My friend, I'm coming out in the name of Jesus. I wish somebody would have faith right now and say, I'm coming out. Listen, I don't know. I don't know what that pit for you today. It might be a pit of debt. It might be a pit of sickness. It might be a pit of bondage or, or addiction. It might be a pit of, a, of despair and, and depression. It might be a pit of marriage problems that look like so deep and so dark and impossible that you feel like, like giving up. It might be a spiritual pit and you just don't feel like, like you... The, what are you going to do and how are you going to make it? And, and now you're dry and now you, you are discouraged. I don't know how. I know, but you, you're in the pit. Let me tell you something about pits. They come in all different shapes and sizes. Pits come in different sizes and all different shapes. The, the pit that I'm going through, it might not be the pit that you're going through. You know what? Because there are different sizes and different shapes. But the, the, fact, the, the, the fact of the matter is that we all face some kind of pit in our life. And we must learn to how to climb out of that pit. I don't know what that pit is for you. But I want you to, want you to say right now that... By faith, I've spent my last night, I've spent my last moment, I've spent my last time in that pit because I've made up my mind that I'm going to come out of this pit. I'm not going to stay where I'm at too much longer because it's time to crawl my way out of this situation. It's time to change it around in the name of Jesus. You know what? This is what it says. Let me see. It says in Psalms 30, verse 5, it says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know what? What I'm going through right now, yes, it looks bad. What I'm experiencing right now, it looks difficult. What I'm experiencing right now, it looks like there's no way out. But I've come to encourage somebody, even in this building, or those who are watching online this morning or this throughout this week, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But here is, this, here is the secret recipe. Here is the secret ingredient. you got to make it through the night. you got to hold on. You can't quit. You can't give up. You can't throw in the towel. you got to hold on and say, God, I'm going to make it through the night because joy comes in the morning. See, when Reuben came back to the pit where he last saw Joseph, and Joseph wasn't there. See, there are some people that thought they knew you pretty good. 
They thought they knew you where, where, where to look for you. They even talk about you, your pitiful condition to other people. Because they knew exactly where you were at. Because they were the ones who put you there. And they said to themselves, I know exactly where you can find him. You're going to find him in that situation of despair. You're going to find him in that situation of hopelessness. You're going to find him in that place of no, that there's no way out. But, but, but I tell you what, they don't know who's on my side. You know what, they think they got me down. They, they can talk about me all they want. They can criticize me about, you can criticize me all you want. They can lie about me all they want to everybody else. But I tell you what, as long as the Lord is on my side, and as long as I'm walking with God, I'm going to make it through this journey. I'm going to make it to the other side. You see, see, they, they even talk about your pitiful condition to other people. But that was yesterday. I was in the pit. Yesterday, I looked like I was going to die in the pit. Yesterday, I feel like I was going to die in the pit. But I heard a word. Don't die in the pit. The fall doesn't have to be fatal. Come on, somebody. Yes, I might fell in that pit. But I don't have to die in this pit. Don't die in the pit. Don't die in the pit. Don't quit your dreams. Don't, don't, don't quit believing. Don't quit trusting. Don't quit expecting. It looked like Joseph was going to die in the pit. But through a turn of circumstances, in a matter of minutes, Joseph was out of that pit on solid ground. I come to tell you, God's going to turn it around. I don't know who I'm talking to. It might not be for everybody, but I'm telling you, God's going to turn it around. You got to believe it that God is going to turn it around. I don't know how he's going to do it, and I don't know when he's going to do it. But how many know he's going to turn it around? As long as I'm believing, as long as I'm trusting him, as long as I'm holding to him, I'm going to believe that he's going to turn it around. No, I can tell you, he's going to turn it around. If you learn anything from the Bible, it is that God is a God of the turnarounds. He did it for Joseph, for Job, for Daniel, the three Hebrew children, for Jonah and Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, God is turning it around. And if you haven't been convinced yet, all you have to do is look in the mirror. Come on, somebody. You can turn it around. Some of you have been in all kinds of setbacks. Some of you have been liars. Some of you have been thieves. Some, some of you have not. Some of you have been adulterous, fornications, and alcoholic, drug addicts. But when you look at a mirror, you can see that God turned your life around. What I was yesterday, I am not today. What I was doing last... What I was used to do back then, I don't do any longer because God turned my life around. And now I'm serving the Lord. I'm serving God. And I'm moving forward in Jesus. You don't believe God can turn it around? You see, that, but that was the old man. 
That was before Jesus. Tell, your, tell yourself, I, I, have, I have a turnaround in my life. And I want you to see something. It happened suddenly. One minute he was in the pit. One minute he was in the dark. One minute he was, he was terminal. One minute it looked like the end. And suddenly everything changed. Suddenly he went. He was standing in the sunshine. And in an instant, everything changed. In one minute, he was, he was, he was, he was terminal, staring him in the face, was over and behind him. I believe that you're standing in the, in the verge of suddenly that is going to change everything in your life. I believe that if you come believing and expecting, those who are watching us, if you believe and expect in God, you know what? I believe God can change it suddenly. God can change everything in a minute. God can change everything in a moment. You see, Peter, Peter fished all night and caught nothing. But in an act of obedience, suddenly he went from nothing to too much. He went from empty nets to breaking nets. He went from empty boat to a sinking boat. Oh, come on, somebody. In a, in a moment of obedience, God changed his situation. And I believe that God can change our situation in a moment. At the lowest point in Joseph's life, physically and spiritually, God stepped in. Come on, Pastor. God stepped in. In a time that he thought it was over. At the lowest point in Joseph's life, physically and spiritually. Have any of you ever been there? When you are not only physically tired, but you're also spiritually tired. That you don't know how you're going to make it. That you don't know how you're going to survive. That you don't know how you're going to see hope tomorrow. How you're going to see light tomorrow. And, and you wonder, how am I going to make it? But, but ain't you glad that God can step in? Ain't you glad that in whatever you're facing, that whatever you're going through, that our God can step in and turn it around in a moment? My God. Let me, let me wrap this thing here in a few more minutes. God stepped in. Judah. Judah got him out. Judah means praise. You see, it was in his coat of many colors that got him out. It was in his anointing that got him out. It wasn't even his dream that got him out. It was an ugly old Judah. Because Judah means praise. Reuben got him in, but Judah got him out. Oh, come on, somebody. One of his other brothers' name was Judah. Judah got him out of the pit. Judah means praise. When you're in the pit, 
and there's nowhere to turn, you turn to praise. When you start praising God, you say, I don't care how you got in the pit. I don't care how, who it was or what it was. I can tell you, Judah, praise will get you out every time. That when your praise comes on, yes, it might not be a pretty praise. Yes, it might not be a perfect praise. But all I can do is open my mouth and start praising God and say, God, I'm going to come out with tears coming out of my face. And I'm trembling and I'm shaking. But I'm going to praise the Lord. Yes, it might not be a pretty praise. But I'm going to give God praise anyway. Woo! It's that praise that will get me out. And it's the praise that will get you out. It's your worship that will continue in your lips. It's the worship that will help you in any situation that you know you're going to come out of that situation. It's through your worship. See, the circumstances may not have been of Joseph's chosen. Nevertheless. And I know there's more to the story to that. And I know he ended up in Egypt. But he didn't end up in that pit. He came out of that pit. Joseph was, Judah was responsible for getting him out of that pit. See, the point that I'm trying to make is that praise doesn't have to be pretty or to be powerful. Start where you are. Anybody can put a pretty praise when the battle is over. Anybody can praise God when the sickness is healed. Anybody can praise God when anybody, anybody can praise God when, when the marriage is restored and the family is meant. When you got a good retirement, when you got money in the bank and you have a good home. and You know what? Anybody can praise God when everything's going great. But, I, but I'm telling you, it takes something else. It takes something else to shout in the face of the devil. It takes something else to praise in the face of the doctor's best report. It takes something else to shout when you don't have two nickels to rub together, my friend. It takes something else to praise God when you're down to nothing. But you know that you're still going to praise God in the middle of your pit. Woo! You see, it takes something when you are going through the fire to lift your hands and lift your voice and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My friend, it's something else when you're the one who's going through it. It's easy to praise God when everything's perfect. It's easy to praise God when everything's right in place. But, but what about when nothing's working out? It's a different ball game. But you praise God. You know what happens? Many people, instead of praising God, they curse God. When they're filling the pit in their life, because you know what? They don't understand they don't understand that sometimes we, even as Christians, even we as in people in general, we, fit, we fall into pits. We jump maybe into a pit or they push us into a pit. But my friend, we learn to realize that the only thing that's going to get me out of my situation is my praise. 
See, the point is this. Don't wait until the battle is over. You need to shout now. You don't have to wait until the battle is over. You can shout now. Start in the dark with the walls closing on you. Start where you are laying in the hospital bed starting start where you are at the bottom of the pit start where you are in the middle of your pain start where you are in the inner prison at midnight with your your hands and your feet bound and your back bloody beaten black and blue it may be it might not be pretty but you're going to worship god it might not be pretty in fact it might be ugly I give God praise. How many know that some people have problems with real, real praise? Real praisers. You know what? People, people, people sometimes get offended. Sometimes people get uncomfortable. Sometimes people don't like it when, when they're around real praisers. Because you know what? Real praisers get loud. Real praisers get undignified. Real praisers can get messy. Real praisers, real praisers, praisers can get messy. In other words, they don't worry about their hair or anything. Real praisers can get offensive to, to pretty praisers. Pretty praisers know how to control their praise. And pretty praisers never mess up their hair. They don't know, they don't get loud. And they won't think of running or jumping or dancing. But God says to tell you, He wants your praise. You know what? I tell you what, when you know what I've been through, if you knew what I've been through, I can't help but give God a shout. I can't, I can't help but give God a crazy praise if I have to. If I have to jump up and down and run down the aisle and get crazy, my friend, don't get offended. It's just that God has done a lot of things for me. God has brought me out of the pit. God has turned my life around. I can't help it but to give God a praise. Oh, you can sit there and look all pretty if you want to. You can there and look all dignified if you want to. No, that's okay. But as for me, oh, oh hold on, God. Don't get excited. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You see, God, I'm almost done. God wants your praise through your tears and your groans. He wants it while your heart is breaking. He wants it through your bloodshot eyes. He wants when, when, when it doesn't make no sense. He wants it loud. He wants it crazy. He wants it when you're going through hell. He wants it when you don't feel a thing. I'm trying to get past this. But I feel like somebody here, you, you've been trying to get everything perfect and proper. You wait until everything is just perfect. 
you want to give God a fancy praise. You want to dress it up, up and, and make it pretty. But God says to tell you, just give your ugly praise because he's going to use your ugly praise to get you out of your situation. You know what? It might be ugly. His worship keeps him connected. See, let, let, me, let me wrap this up. You better stand up because I'll get preaching out 30 minutes. Stand up. You see, Job. Job lost everything that he had. But after he had lost everything, his heart was breaking into a million pieces. More tragedy than a human being should ever have to endure. But in the middle of it all, Job gave God an ugly praise. You know why the Bible says that he shaved his head. He rose early in the morning. He fell down in the ground and he worshipped. You know, it, it wasn't a pretty sight. He worshipped through tears. He worshipped through groans. He worshipped with a broken heart. He worshipped through his pain, through his confusion. He gave God an ugly praise and God gave him a beautiful future. Listen, I don't know what you're going through, what you've been through and what you experience it right now but I'm telling you it's your praise that is going to get you through it might be ugly it might be an ugly praise but I tell you what God 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 is specialized in taking something ugly and turning into something beautiful that's the God that we serve a shout of victory oh my goodness you want to give God a shout of victory praise the Lord bow your heads for a moment father in the name of Jesus father we just thank you this morning Lord that we can give you a shout of victory that even in the middle of my pit that even in the middle of my circumstances Lord that I can magnify your name that I can worship you that I can give you praise, that even it might be an ugly praise, but I'm going to worship you, God.